my biggest goal is to make life more memorable. Because, you know, we do everything on our phones or with technology nowadays. And it's been proven that, like, you don't really, you don't really retain that information as well. It, it just kind of goes to short-term memory and then it's gone. But things like handwritten letters or things that you can, like, attach memories to, those are really important. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today we get to discover and speak with Skylar Sullivan, He's an artisan carpenter on a mission to make life more memorable, not just for you, but for everyone you come in contact with. In fact, this is Skylar's very first guest appearance on the podcast. So let's jump right in and discover Skylar Sullivan. Skylar, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Oh, absolutely. It's a pleasure. So tell a little bit about yourself and, you know, where you got started what, you know, where does Skylar comes from and um, what really got you involved in woodworking? See, that's kind of an interesting story. Because um, I, my mom taught me woodworking when I was really little. Um, I grew up military, so we didn't really have a whole lot. But my first memory of it is we made this little wooden train. And it was just simple little like blocks, almost like a kit. Mm -hmm. um now we got the parts ourselves and you know it, it wasn't a kit but you know it looked like something that could have been like saturdays at home Depot. yeah but you know we put it together and that was my first real memory of like woodworking and ever since then you know she taught me everything i know about woodworking it's just progressively got more advanced and more advanced and just played around with it here and there and eventually it evolved into like making pens and resin river tables and all kinds of weird stuff. But it was always, well, I don't have this, but I want this. Can I make this? Mm -hmm. I can. That's really cool. And, and I like how you say, you know, you, you learned a lot of it from your mom and that's, that's the case for a lot of us. You know, we learn from, our, from whoever's closest to us and it's usually our parents. It either be it, either be it woodworking or you know playing with video cameras or 
you know, working on the computers. It's it's a lot of human generational beings. knowledge. Yes, yes, inspirational knowledge. We love to acquire. You know, we love to. I mean, kids are sponges, right? We whatever we see is what we adapt and what we really get into. So what? what's some of the things that you've built over the years with this experience that you gained over the years? Well, like I said, I've, I've made a handful of pens. I think that's really great. Um, I've made like hope chests and bookshelves and like floating wall mounted, uh, like vanities, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, probably the, my hope chest is the favorite thing that I've done. And, um, What's mo what's one of the diff most difficult projects that you worked on? Then you're like, okay, I I'm sure there's a way around it. Most difficult. I made a stool, um, and the weird thing about like furniture that you sit on, like chairs and stools, uh, not necessarily couches; those are still kind of square. But like stools and like chairs, like I rebuilt the one that I'm sitting on now even. Um, it looks like it's all straight. Mm -hmm. But then when you get down to it, well, it's actually like a slight degree and like there's a taper and this is, you know, an inset, um, they call it like a mammoth tooth um, stretcher. That's where the, the triangle piece fits through uh -huh. it and locks all in place. Um, those are really difficult because I don't, I don't have a lot of experience carving with my hands and chiseling things out. So it's like, okay, how can I not necessarily get around cutting this with my hand? Cause I have to cut it at real weird angles. I was like, how, how can I make this as easy as possible? And I was like, okay, well, if you think about it, that angled piece, it's like a trapezoid that bisects the wood. I was like, if I drill two holes, then I really only have to chisel out just a little bit mm -hmm. versus you know, that larger section. And I was yeah. like, okay, slow process of, right. This is the right angle. These two holes can be straight. And then I just have to chisel out those little triangular pieces. And that's, to me, that's, what's really fun about carpentry is like, how can you cheat and still make it look good? No, that's so true. And, and the, the beautiful part about carpentry and, and, anything that you work with your hands, right? You, you have the ability to make modifications. Sure, you can follow directions, but when you're working with wood, there's, there's a lot of um, room for improvement or room for modifications. But the bed that I built, right, it was just uh, MDF boards with uh, laminate on top. You know, there's only one way, or there's, I mean, there's several ways, but, it's only on if it one specific way you and you don't want to mess it up because if you damage it you kind of you kind of sol unless you have some knowledge of you know you can then add additional parts to it that's what? fair yeah like because with my day job i professionally repair furniture mm-hmm um, I'm a service repair analyst and a lot, even, even from a higher end furniture store, still a lot of MDF. 
So if you mess something up or MDF is one of those things that once it breaks, it kind of stays broken. Yeah. Or it continually falls apart along the way. Yes. There's a lot you can do to stabilize it, but mm. then it's like turning, you know, a, a 30 minute to like 90 minute assembly job into you just spent three hours putting this thing together because you had to repair six or seven different stringers. Yeah. So true. And, and you're right. It, once it's broken, it, it continues to broke if you don't pay attention and take it apart and put it together. And that, I think that kind of happened with one of the drawers we had on this, in this thing. And, and, the arm was broken or, you know, I couldn't put the railing back on it. So I was like, okay, how do I fix it? You, I, I can either try to glue it, but then there's not a lot of material for, for the glue to even hold on together. And there's no glue that's strong enough. So luckily the sides were, were a way that you can flip it around and then put the railing on the other side. Right. So they have, they had, one way of, you know, kind of built in solution to solve your problem. If, if, if you broke this, you can fix it by <laughs> flipping it around. Well, that's fair. Nice. So what are some of the motivations for the things that you do? Why, why'd you get more into, um, you know, woodworking and then being a service repair person for furniture? Well, um, I'm, I'm sure they didn't mean it like an insult, but I was once told that I see the world differently. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, I, you know, it, it was kind of, they didn't mean it as an insult, but it felt like that. But then over time, oh, I've, kind of okay. realized, I've kind of realized that I do, I do see the world differently. My biggest goal is to make life more memorable. Mm. Um, I want people, because, you know, we do everything on our phones or with technology nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And it's been proven that like you don't really you don't really retain that information as well um it, it yeah. just kind of goes to short-term memory and then it's gone but things like handwritten letters or things that you can like attach memories to yeah those are really important and i kind of i kind of go off of that and i'm like all right well what am i in the mood to do i want to do something fun mm-hmm like I made this, I don't know, almost like a year ago. It's a piggy bank. It looks like a platypus. Um, why did I do it? Just because, but now I have, you know, a, a piggy bank and I remember breaking it down and making the blueprint and, you know, an hour every time I put my change in it at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what, that was, that was a fun day. I got to do something neat. No, that's that's really um, creative, right? Creative ways to w work with the materials that we have. Now, over the weekend, we created my my kids and I. We love Lego bricks and we love like building stuff. And um, but the biggest problem is when you have a lot of broken down sets in, in a bin, you can't really find the pieces that you want it's it takes forever right so over the past week i ordered a sifter a block sifter so you you know the the largest 
pieces stay mm -hmm. on the top and then the, the smaller they are they go through the strainer and then you can kind of break them apart but then i was like okay still we need more ways to separate pieces together so i ran into this website and this guy showed us a design of what he was doing he's like well you can have you could get a computerized if you no know, you know or sorter but but there's 1800 different categories of lego bricks it's impossible to store every single one in a separate container and then unless you have millions of pieces maybe that might work for you but if you don't you just need a simpler system so he basically created a table with with uh, eight channels running down under and underneath each channel he had a box so then you could quickly separate eight different types yeah. of things together and then once you go to one 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 of the containers you can then bring that up and then again separate that one box into additional eight so he came down to what 32 boxes i think it was about 32 or yeah four times eight or something like that so like 32 total containers that are in that that's now your entire collection and you can quickly go through each box and find the piece that you're looking for because you don't have to go through one box you you, know, you have 32 different boxes and it enabled him uh or his kids to then you know find it more joyful to play with lego sets again and even his wife was now coming back into it i was like okay i need to figure out how he did this and i'm looking around i'm looking around i was like i don't have any plastic containers i don't want to go buy any and then i saw this plain uh box not even a box like half a box that you get from costco and i was like hey this is perfect it's got opportunities that i can build whole build little doors and have these cardboard channels running down so i sat down with it and my kids are playing with their lego pieces and i'm like cutting out the sides and, and they're like dad what are you doing I'm like well i'm just i'm building a lego sorter I'm like how is it even gonna work I'm like just watch so then finally i, I put one channel in and two channels in and my older son came down and he's like wow i see what you're doing this is cool so then he jumped in finally he finished you know we well, we all finished working on it and then he they really got involved like oh i can we can sort it this way and then they're like talking to each other and because i shipped honey back a few months ago i ordered like 100 boxes to ship only used 25 or something so i took those cardboard boxes and i placed them underneath each of the channels now what's cool is that yes this is a pretty cool little toy little sorter but then i was like what if this was made out of wood if it was built in to a lego desk that you can pop out and you know punch these holes in in there and then just stick the box underneath and then you just sort out your piece and then now you're done so there's there's different motivations for you know all the all the things that we like to get into because not only are we working with our hands but are also engaging our mind like how can i make my life easier so that i can have more joy playing with these toys. 
And that's that's fantastic because you you said you know what this it sucks to do this by hand mm-hmm. it take forever and then you kind of found okay well this works and to me when i hear you talk about it i'm like you know those things you used to put your change in and it would spin around and like set and i was like oh that's kind of the same thing yeah and then as soon as you talked about the different boxes and bins i my first thought was well, what if you did it out of wood and like put uh put like a trough uh mm-hmm. alongside like a coffee table? Yeah. And it would run down and then automatically sort underneath the coffee table and then you just build on top of the coffee table. And when you're done, you take it apart, push it in the trough, boom, back into the sorter. That's a great idea. Yeah. See, I, I was like, who can I talk to talk to about this who would have a better upgrade on top of what what I'm thinking, and you know you're you're the right guy for the conversation because, you know we like like you said you know you see the world differently and I'm I'm in the same boat I would take apart toys as soon as I get them like I got to see what's inside how is this working, and that's why I love love Lego bricks so much because you get to build it from the inside out you know. See, it was the same way. I, as soon as I had the toy, if I didn't immediately take it apart, I would, you know, play with it until it broke, and then it was like, okay. I guess I should. <laughs> those are screw holes, and those are screw holes, and those are screw holes, and this is a screwdriver. Let's see how it works. <laughs> I ruined plenty of microwaves that way, too. Oh, my God, microwaves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know how to fix them now, though, so, like. There you go. It fits. Nice. Uh, you know, one thing that I was uh, looking to at least build, or I saw this. Um, so I've, I've built some projects with PVC pipes, you know. So if this was before I, I messed around with wood, and I actually created a a kind of like a standard, but it was like a walker for kids. And this was when my, my oldest was nine months old. And basically it looked like, the the lunar lander where it had four legs on either side and it was all made out of pvc pipes with 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 a ton of turns and and angles and uh, three points like this is pretty cool and he could just literally stand in the middle and as he's walking around and it was wide enough that it wouldn't go through a door but it was soft you know it was uh it was pvc so it just glide around on the ground. So I was like, what if I could make something like that? And then you can like attach camera gear to it and attach different types of things. But of course my son ran out, you know, he, he grew out of it because, you know, kids, they eventually start walking, but it was a really cool little kit. Um, but that was all with PVC. And I was like, what if it was made out of wood or what if it was made out of something, a different material? And uh, huh. where was I it's going with that conversation? <laughs> but that, yeah, it, it all comes down to, right, ingenuity and, and how we use our brains to solve our problems. So before we go any further, as, as we come back to the episode, Scholar's going to share three hacks to take away that they can apply in their 
immediate lives and on how to be a better tinkerer and looking at the world a different way. All right, this is our little break time. How do you, what do you think of the episode so far? Do you think it's, we're going in a good direction? Do you feel? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's interesting and still kind of, you know, I wouldn't say educational, but it's inspiring. That's the word I'm looking for. It's, it's kind of inspiring, but still fun. It's not like Ed Milet's a great guy, but yeah. when you hear him talk, it kind of feels like he's yelling it at you. <laughs> I don't know if that's because he's like six foot 20 and like a thousand pounds your muscle but <laughs> it's just kind of the impression i get from him sometimes got it yeah yeah he's a huge man he's a huge being all right so you have uh three tips to share two three hacks to take away for the for the audience so i'm going to queue it up yeah. probably the first and most important thing is hold on hold on i'll 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 bring us back in. Hey guys, thank you. Thanks for listening. And uh, we're here with Skylar Sullivan talking about woodworking, about the creativity of the mind and how to look at the world differently. He's got three hacks to take away on how you can start looking at the world differently because when we look at the world differently, you figure out things that were there in front of you, but you didn't know existed. So scholar, take it away. Absolutely. The probably the first and most important thing is, you know, when you're trying to do something or trying to be a little more creative is don't overcomplicate it. Look mm. for like, what is the simplest way to get it done? And then do that. Because once you've kind of like gotten a real simple way to get it done, that's when you can go, okay, well, let's now make this out of oak and like dovetail it and, you know, play around, make it look real fancy. Just get it done first. And then when you look at it, you can be real happy and real inspired that you did something great and then make it even better. Hmm. So almost um, like build a prototype before you build. Yeah, kind of like get a utility model, hmm. you know like your first car is usually like a junker and then you kind of tinker around learn how the car works same thing when you're trying to like do anything is start off small start off simple and then go wild all right all right that's, that's a pretty good idea that's a pretty i mean damn good idea because if you're gonna get the functionality right right your chair it's got to be able to hold the weight Right, right. You're, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta make sure that it's not uh, teeter tottering. It, it's straight up sitting there. That uh, makes sense. I like that idea. What about what, what about a uh, different? How about another tip? On so the the first thing is that you mentioned is keep it simple and try it out. Right. So what about tip number two? Take inspiration from, you know, your childhood or what really, like, what makes you happy? Like, uh, Star Wars and Legos and stuff like that. Well, let's say you're going to build that 
coffee table with the funnel and the sorter and all of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to get a big vinyl Boba Fett head and just lay that out in the very center of the coffee table and maybe, you know, put some on the on the legs of the coffee table, make it kind of look Star Warsy, steampunky, kind of yeah. rustic. Um, like the wings of a uh, X X wing, like standing up, that'd mm-hmm. be cool. Yeah. And when you take inspiration from like what you love or like what you grew up loving, even if it doesn't look great, you know what it's supposed to look like. You know what it's supposed to be. Like it, it makes it more more enjoyable for you. Like I have a coat rack. I love the Legend of Zelda, and I have a coat rack that whatever it's coat rack, it's fine. But it says um, on the coat rack, it's it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And it's got the three different little armors. And those nice. are just a little vinyl cutout. And you, yeah. You know. And to me, that makes it fun. That makes it more enjoyable. Oh, man. that's I like that. I, I like that a lot because you're right. The, the, the journey out there is always dangerous. So take a weapon with you or take a friend with you or, or take your jacket with you. Cause it's, it might be cold out there. Exactly. <laughs> Scholar, it's been, it's been really fun talking to you. Let's take you, let's take you to a journey of finding a little more about you. All right. So towards the end, I like to ask these fun little questions uh, that take us a little deeper. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into? See, that's a great question because I've tried a whole bunch of different things. Um, But I kind of wish I took photography more seriously. Mm. I really wish like videography, photography. um, I never was really into it because my mom was a photographer. Like she did it professionally. She's got degrees and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, now that I'm trying to, you know, run my own business and do yeah. more and kind of vlog and YouTube and all that, I'm like, man, I wish I knew more about the basics. Yeah. So. Now, photography is amazing. And, and I've been lucky enough to, you know, play with that, with the cameras at a very young age. My uncle was like, hey, if you give me a dollar, we'll give you this camera. And it was it was like an event, you know. It's like uh, it was almost like Christmas, and then we're just doing exchanges. So um, in the month of Ramadan, which is going on right now, where we fast for thirty days, at the end there's a there's a thing called Eid, and we celebrate, you know, fasting. So something that the adults they do they give uh, money to the kids. So my uncle's like, well, for an exchange for a dollar, I'll give you this camera. I'm like, all right, let's, uh, you know, I'm all in. Here's a dollar. So this was a film camera that I played with for at least a good three, four years, maybe even more. I don't remember where it went, but I did take a lot of photos with it. And it got me keen into, you know, I didn't even know what I was doing, but the more I, I looked into it, it was it was more exciting. And then my dad used to work for this company where 
after working there for 15 years, I think they gave him a video camera. Like, here's your 15-year anniversary gift. So then we, you know, I started playing with that camera. So over time, I've just been, you know, attached to that piece. And one of my good friends, he used to do film. You know, he used to do record, take photos of weddings and take film of weddings. And I was like, well, that's something that I don't want to do because that looks really hectic. But I got to play with the video that came out of those cameras and, you know, the system and the software that went into it because I was into tech. So combining all of that, you know, is really interesting um, getting into it. And, and, you know, if you if you're looking to do content for anything right now, video is huge, right? We, we've seen that on TikTok. <laughs> and um, I watch all these TikTok videos of woodworking because they're so fascinating and they're creating these funny these funny little joints, like a little dog bone between two pieces of wood. So then oh, it yeah. holds it together. It's like, whoa, I didn't even think that was something, you know, people would come up with. It's really fascinating. What did you want to be when you were a child? Uh, I want to be a wizard. Mm. I don't like, because when I was, when I about turned 11, that was like mm. when Harry Potter came out. Yeah, and we our birthdays are like around the same day, like me and Harry Potter or whatever. So I was really excited. I was like, I want to be a wizard. Nice. I want to do cool stuff, and I want to, you know, change the world by doing magic. And you know, I was like, that's what I want to do. And you know, I do a different kind of magic now, but and I'm still planning on changing the world. But yes, I love that. Yeah, my my kids love the Harry Potter series. I've I've seen. Most of them, I think. I didn't get the chance to read the books, but my son, he read the books within, like he he finished all eight books or seven books in, within a couple of weeks. He's a really fast reader. Yeah. Really fun. What is your favorite movie or TV show? So my favorite movie is like Jurassic Park, but my favorite TV show is, it's like a tie between MacGyver and the Highlander. Okay. Which is weird because both of those ended when I was like four, but like reruns yeah. kept me alive. Yeah. Um, and MacGyver, MacGyver is, is one of my favorites as well. The Highlander I didn't really get into. Well, mom was really into the Highlander. Mm. So I was like, this is cool. There's like an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, Plus, you know, I, oh man, I know his name. Whoever played Duncan McLeod, like the the main Highlander guy, he has a fascinating story, um, and he's done a whole bunch of cool little movies along the way and stuff. So like, he's I respect the hell out of him. So it was one of those. I like the Highlander things. Nice. That's that is amazing. Um... All right, man, on to the next question. Um, what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? I was going to play a character in a movie. I don't know. I, 
I don't know. I kind of want to be Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Hmm. Because like, I, you know, I have a degree in statistics and like I'm really into math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he mostly spits out like gibberish in the movies. Like it just they're sciencey words, but at the same time, like I read the books and like mm -hmm. the books were really smart. Robin Cook is a phenomenal author. Yeah. And just you know, I don't know why, but I kind of resonate with his aloof chaos theory. Nice. I, I like that. That's pretty cool. Uh, what's funny is that there's a book that I'm reading right now called Storyworthy, and he mentions Jurassic Park a lot. It's like, hmm. you might think that the movie Jurassic Park is about dinosaurs, but it's not. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's about a man changing his mind from not liking kids to liking kids. Like, whoa. Actually, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> like, oh my God, what are you doing? He's like, this chapter is going to ruin every single movie for you. Like, oh my God, don't, don't do this. I love movies. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was really, it was really nicely done. Uh, so okay. check out that book. Uh, it's called Story Worthy by Matthew Dix. All right, I'm writing that down. Nice. Next question: Who is your favorite superhero? I don't know if you can see that or not. You can't. Oh, uh, it's down. Superman. Superman. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I've I've always kind of been a Superman fan, but um, there was a couple years ago where I had a neurofibroma cluster, which mm -hmm. is essentially nerve cancer. Oh wow! And, you know, I as I was going through treatments and stuff and I was all bandaged up after surgery, I came across the Superman all-star comic book line. And one of the stories in that is, you know, he gets cancer, like something happens, like Luke Thor hit him with a ray or whatever. He's got 10 days left to go. Wow. That's all Superman's got. And in those 10 days, you know, if you think about it, if you know for a fact you have only 10 days, you have every right to be a terrible person. Yeah. Right? Especially when you're the strongest being in the universe. <laughs> you have every right to just be upset and not do anything and just be horrible. But even with that, he sticks to his guns and he does the right thing and he saves people and he has fun and, you know, he does all of these things that, you know, he didn't have to do like yeah. why would you but you know it was the right thing to do so he's gonna save the girl who's jumping off the building because she can't deal with it anymore she's struggling or yeah. gonna go on a date with lois lane because you know why not you know he fought the ultra sphinx and solved the riddle and stuff like that and when i was reading that and i was all bandaged up like a you know, had to keep it above certain levels, this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. That's what I want to be like. I, you know, not necessarily only have 10 days, but I was like, mm. even in the worst circumstance, I want to be the best that I can and do what's right. And I think that's what really pulled me into coming to talk to you is the story that you shared on your, on your, on your profile, right? Right. Doing the right thing because this father didn't have the right instructions 
to build this bed. And you're like, you know, the right thing to do is to go help solve that problem. To go help have a bed for his daughter so that she can sleep in her bed. So do you want do you, do you mind sharing that story with us? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I have to be super careful though because you know my company may decide that they don't want me to work there anymore. But well, we're not going <clears> to <throat> use any names, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but like this guy bought this bed, and he had always bought in like IKEA furniture or like Wayfair furniture, and you know you assemble it yourself and you put it together. Um, so he's like, okay, I don't I just need it delivered. I don't need it assembled. I don't, you know. But somewhere along the lines of communication, you know, that information was lost. So someone in the warehouse started to put together the trundle because when there is a delivery with assembly, we build the trundle first and send that with the delivery guys. Well, they dropped everything off. And because they had started the assembly, there were no instructions. So he's freaking out and he calls up customer service. We just changed computer systems. So no one knows where anything is. Um, so they send him a copy of instructions, but it's for the wrong bed. And they contact this guy or this guy contacts customer service again. And he's like, you sent me the wrong instructions. And they're like, well, we can't get you the right ones because we don't have them. Um, now don't get me wrong. It's not a super complicated bed. I'm right. fully confident that this guy could have done it. Yeah. But, you know, he's stressed out. He's freaking out. And he's like, I'll pay you guys to have someone come out and put it together. I, he's like, I, I need it done. And, you know, they just kind of passed it along to the next person and then the next person. And, you know, this guy just kind of got a raw deal. Yeah. And it happens. I understand why it happened. I just don't agree with it. So just out of curiosity, I sent this guy a text. I was like, hey, um, I'm just making sure that you found someone to assemble your bed or like, did you get it assembled? And he's like, well, they sent me instructions, so I think I got it. And then like 30 minutes later, he called me up and he's like, this is the wrong instructions. I have no idea what's going on. I Can you please come out here and assemble it? I was like, it's like six o'clock at night. It's going to take an hour to get there. It's probably going to take an hour to do because it kind of takes two people to put together a bucket yeah. because you got to lift it up. And I'm a small dude. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? I'll do it. Whatever. I don't have anything else going on today. I went out there and I assembled a bed and he's super grateful because he feels like he got the runaround with the company. And he kind of did. Sure. Um, But he's like, well, you know, they're paying, you know, they paid you to come out here. And I was like, sir, I clocked out at three 30. I was like, it's seven o'clock. I'm like, I'm just doing this because you need your bed assembled. Like your daughter's got to... it's Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. I was like, yeah. sure. She can sleep on the couch over the weekend. That's like camping almost like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and, but that's not like a long-term solution. If it yeah. was, you wouldn't have yeah. bought the bed in the first place. So I was like, your daughter needs some place to sleep. Let's, let's get the bed assembled and you know, I'll be out of your hair. Yeah. And he's like, well, do you have like PayPal or Venmo? And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like whatever you feel is fine. Cause I wasn't going to charge him. I was just going to put the bed together and, you know, get out of there. Yeah. 
But he was the number of times he's like, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you doing this. I felt like no one was listening to me when I kept calling in. And I was like, you know, we just need it done. Like your daughter needs a place to sleep. I don't care if it's the top bunk, the bottom bunk. Right. You know, this is the trundle. He goes, well, I didn't realize it had a trundle. And I was like, your daughter probably doesn't want to sleep there. Here's what you do. Instead of putting a mattress in there, put down some hardboard you get from Home Depot. They'll cut it for you in the store or whatever. And now you have a rolling storage container, mm. you know? And he's like, oh, that's a, I'm going to do that. Actually, that's a better idea than what I was thinking, you know, and talked him through a little bit of maintenance or like if you scuff it up, cause it was a white bed. So like white gets dirty. I was like, if you scuff it up or mess yeah. up the paint, satin white, you know, if anything gets damaged, hit it with a little bit of super glue then sand it with a little 320 sandpaper and then paint on top of that. And it'll be fine. And he's, you know, he's just super grateful that somebody actually listened to him. And I was like, it's just the right thing to do. I was like, it needs to get done. It's like you were Superman without, you know, just like, hey, I'll I'll come to the rescue and and get that done. (laughs) In a way, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Yeah, because Superman doesn't ask for anything like, hey, if you need, you need to be saved and I'm here to save Scott, it was so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much for your time, man. The last question that I ask my audience, my guests, I keep messing that up. (laughs) The last question that I ask is, if you were a board game, what would it be? Shoots and ladders. Life has ups and life has downs, but at the end of the day, you get through the board. Yes, you do. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Where can my audience find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook. They just search Skylar Mytho Sullivan. Um, I have a website, theskymaker.com, where I kind of post my pens and stuff. And I'm on YouTube. If you search up Homeless to Homeowner, um, that's that's my channel. Those are my videos because I currently nice. live in a camper in the middle of nowhere. So Beautiful. Wow. Well, Scholars, thank you so much. We'll be sure to include all of the links to your uh, all the links in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much again. And uh, all the best to you. Let me know if you have any questions, and we'll go from there. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on the website hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.